one. What up, ladies and gents? Contractors calling all contractors. This episode is for you. I know a couple. And if uh, you're trying to think about working your way out of this business or how to create it so that you don't got to be stuck in it all the time, this episode's for you. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business All right, ladies and gents, let's look. Constructions and many of the trades are very smart career moves. They're hard work at times, but the work is very satisfying, and when done well, you can build a true business out of it. Sadly, not many contractors are building a company that they can walk away from. Instead, they often work until they die or until a family member takes over the business. But today's guest has found a way out of the construction business. He was able to exit by selling his company, and now he's a coach and mentor to young, aspiring entrepreneurs. So let's welcome to the program, Mr. Henry Goodrow. It's Man, I'm hitting the wrong buttons. All right, I had a trigger happy finger there, hitting a bunch of buttons at the same time. So we got this one ready to go. Henry, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for having me on. All right, let's do this. Uh, I, I want to start off with your background because when you when you set up your application, you had a number of different things and you have a lot of experience in this space and you've done something successfully that a lot of contractors can't do, which is exit this this uh, this type of business. So let's talk about you. I mean, you wrote that you knew what you wanted to do exactly out of high school. And I kind of want to hover on that for a second because I teach high school seniors. They're about to graduate in June, and most of them have zero clue about what they're going to do, including myself when I was at that age. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. It, was it just innate? Were you born with it, or did it kind of develop over time? Well, actually, my dad was a contractor. <clears throat> he had a degree in accounting, and when I was a little one, he always took me with him when he went to the jobs, and that I just loved seeing that, and Funny thing is, when I became a contractor many years later, I actually went in and redid some of the jobs that he did when I was a kid, a little guy, you know, and uh, it kind of, uh, it, it kind of really set me, wow, you know, it's, it's a legacy, you know, <clears throat> but um, I wanted to be a contractor. I, I did not want to work for my dad. Um, I, I had enough of that at 12 years old. Hey, guess what? You're going to work this summer. But uh, <laughs> I can understand that one for sure. Yeah, it gives you great uh, work uh, skills, and you know you really understand. But um, you know, I, I had better things to do. But anyways, um, <clears throat> we're both we were both pretty much uh, the same personality and mindset, and I knew we'd be banging heads like two rams. So 
Um, if you knew me in high school, and my nickname is Buddy, if you if you knew me in high school and you said, hey, we're graduating, what are you going to do? I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I said I wanted to be a contractor just like my father. I wanted to make lots of money, and I wanted to retire at 35. I had no clue how I was going to do that, none whatsoever, you know. And back in the 60s, uh, about the only um, type of education you could get for construction was to become a civil engineer. And I went to Lowell Institute of Technology up in Lowell, Massachusetts, only because they had construction methods and procedure class. And I loved it. I, you know, I just absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, but I also took business at Northeastern University. <clears throat> and that uh, got me started. Um, I went to uh, work for the Commonwealth of Mass as a design engineer. And that was done purposely. Because I said, if I'm going to become a contractor, I need to know this whole process on the other side. And I worked in design for highways. I also then moved to bridges and I moved to waterways. So I got, I got a real good um, um, education and how this whole bidding process and public works was done and so forth. And I learned things. Um, <clears throat> Then uh, I went out into the business world and uh, very quickly uh, made a name for myself. I was able to do, I, was, I guess uh, they called me the golden boy of huge concrete pores. And, <laughs> and I, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, I could sit down and <clears throat> figure out all the forms and, you know, what we needed and et cetera and so forth. And that got me up as uh, area engineer for area one, um, I worked the second and third shifts. And the reason they put me on the second and third shift was because I had the talent of working the concrete. And uh, that is nothing but just one huge concrete pour up there. And <clears throat> that went very well. And from there, I got uh, a, an offer to go to Saudi Arabia. And I said, well, I, I said, I'm feeling good. You know, I, I could go to Saudi Arabia in a, in a single status and I could save a lot of money, and I negotiated a very good contract for myself. Uh, I was familiar with what they were paying and how they were working it, and I knew, you know, I, I wouldn't go if I had to do it that way. So I, I basically uh, sat down for lunch with the owner of the company. I said, if you want me, here's what you have to give me. And he said, you got it. And I said, well, that's not all. I got some more things. <laughs> and he gave me everything I wanted. He says, all I know is I hear wonderful things about you, and I just got this big job uh, in Dahran, Saudi Arabia, for a ramp, a ramp goal, building a sewage treatment plant, and um, never done one before. And uh, we need someone to go in there and figure out all the forming and how we're going to do it. And I said, yeah, I can do that. I'm your guy. And uh, so I, sent, I went over there in single status, and I worked over there. Um, for a year, I put the money aside and started my own business. And um, that was... Uh, That's uh, how it all got started. That's not bad. You went from, from Buddy in high school to the golden pour, right? The golden concrete pour. Yeah. That's pretty uh, an intense uh, travel. I, I like how you also um, kind of narrowed a couple things in here. And I, I want to kind of talk about this because, again, education is so important. I'm not a big fan these days of college unless you're going for a specific specialty. I feel it's just too expensive today to kind of figure it out in college. You got to kind of decide what you want to do first and then go go all in, in my opinion. But you didn't stop on your education. 
right? And this is where I think it's it's super valuable. You went and found mentors. You went and started working to learn. Uh, you went and, and immersed yourself in this industry that you wanted to be a part of. And I think that's really where the value of education is today is we are so inundated with information. It, you know, you and I both, as we were growing up, if we wanted to learn something or if we wanted to know something, well, tough. You had to go ask or read a book or go to the library. Whereas today, if I wanted to know something, I just take out my phone and figure out what the answer is right away. So it's not for the lack of information, but it's the application of what you're learning that makes that big difference in the world for you. You're able to take on and bid these major jobs because of that time that you spent working in that in that field, literally spending the time. It's almost like a reverse college. They paid you to give you the education that you were looking for. I mean, that's super awesome. Uh, you know, and th that next thing that you talk about, that education and mentoring and how important it is, literally in your story, it's part of the foundation of what made you become who you are. What do you think about, you know, education or the importance of education and mentoring today? Well, uh, first of all, I think everyone's got to understand exactly what they're getting out of education at any college or any trade school. You're getting the general knowledge. That's all you're getting. All right. It, it's, you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone uh, just today and uh, he was telling me about, uh, geez, you know, he didn't really like to go to college because, uh, you know, this, they teach you stuff that was out of date. I said, nothing's out of date. You know, they're just teaching you general knowledge. Mm -hmm. And um, what makes people successful, uh, you know, takes you way up to, you know, wherever you want to go is what I call specialized knowledge. Mm -hmm. Now, when I first started my business, I did not have the specialized knowledge that I needed to run a business. Yeah, I had the specialized knowledge to build the farms and do all that other stuff, you know, but I didn't have uh, the business specialized knowledge. And uh, it was tough. The first six months were really, really rough. And then I picked up a couple of jobs and I did very well. That's a whole other story in itself. But uh, um I uh, was quick one day to realize that I was falling into the trap and the contractors, they have this trap and it's that idea that you are the business, that everything mm -hmm. revolves around you and it doesn't. Okay. So I asked myself one of the most important questions and I know to this day, I still talk about it. I, I say, okay, what makes, the business work. Think about that. It can't be just one person because what happens if that one person falls off a cliff? Yeah, done. It's done. done deal. <clears throat> and <clears throat> from that call, uh, from that question, I started to uh, get a lot of my answers. And I, I sat down to myself and I said, you know what? I'm a pretty smart guy. I mean, I've got the education. I just need to drill down and figure out what makes this work. And out of that, I built my business model, which worked very well for me. And I've taken contractors uh, from nothing to 50 million, 100 million, 175 million, and making handsome, handsome profits and income for themselves. You know, it does work because it, it doesn't depend on you. Uh, you you are the master of your ship. You design where you want to go. You figure out what coordinates and all that stuff. 
And the business gives you a lot of information if you're set up properly with the right business metrics and so forth. And it can it can value, it can verify that yes, I can do this. No, you can't do that. And if you just let it work do its job, you'd be surprised how much easier it is for you as the business owner. I want to I want to kind of hover on this section right here because this is really the crux in that construction business. Well, it's just in the in the vocational businesses and and it is an industry period. Um, there are so many times that I speak to contractors who do phenomenal work, right? I mean, they do great work, whether it's painting, whether it's framing, foundation pouring, finishing work. There's some people who have immense, tremendous skill uh, and their name is on the sign. Right. They're the ones, you know, it's it's, you know, John Smith's plumbing or, you know, you know, whatever it is, it's their name that's on the sign. So there's a lot of them that feel like this is my business. My work is leaving my legacy behind. But I think there's that part of that is ego. The other part of that is, do you want to own your job or do you want to actually have a business? So when you sit down and talk to some of these contractors and you're helping them exit and, and build actual companies, Asking that question of, you know, how does this business work? That's not so easy when you're dealing with an ego sometimes, right? So, yep. you know, walk me through some of that, uh, some of that coaching that you end up doing with them. How do you get them to kind of let go? Because in almost anything, right, in, in any business, there is no employee. There is nobody who's going to come in and do the work the way you do the work. That's going to put in the effort the way you put in the effort. The best we can hope for is to find somebody who's maybe a 70, 80% version of you and then allow them to make some mistakes along the way, right? But that's easier said than done. So walk me through some of this coaching that you talk to contractors about to help them take, I think, that very first step to allow them to build a business to exit from. Okay, I'll talk a little bit about my mentoring program because the mentoring program is a step up from coaching, okay? Uh, the typical person who comes to me is doing anywhere from one to $5 million a year. They've owned their business 10 years or more. They're between the ages of 35 and 55, and they all say the same thing. They, they can't seem to push the business any farther. They're stuck, okay? Um, they're wearing too many hats, they're tired and they're not making much of an income. I'll give you an example. I, I spoke to a, a person a little while back uh, doing uh, $3 million a year. And <clears throat> he was making about 80000 and that was his income. See, that's, that's tough. That's, that's tough. It's too many I, times we look at that top line revenue and we feel like it's amazing, right? I'm bringing in $3 million a year. Yeah, but how much are you keeping? Yeah. And that's the, that's the main, that's the main question. Okay. I usually ask them, how much are you making for a profit? And let's say they say $80,000 and I'll say, well, how much are you making a, for an income for yourself? $80,000. So you made no profit. No, I made $80,000. No, you didn't. You took it. You lived on it. And you and I know one thing, if I make more money, my lifestyle will increase. Mm -hmm. All right. So if I, if I make 80000 next year, I make 100000 still not, not enough money because I've increased my lifestyle over 100000 because I felt I was doing so good. It's, it's just human nature, all right? Um, but what I do with them is uh, I ask very pointed questions. And uh, then I ask the next thing, and this was an important question, what do you think it's costing you? Mm. 
you know, you leave them money on the table. You got a leaky bucket, whatever you want to think. But what is it costing you? Do you have any idea whatsoever? And and they'll say, no, not really, but I think it's a lot of money. Well, I can take them through a business evaluation, which I put everybody through anyways. And at the end of the business evaluation, it will calculate how much leaving on the table. And it's insanely accurate. I've, I've given it to thousands of people, even billion dollar a year contractors. And, and when I put that number out there, they all go, that feels, that's what I'm losing. I'm, I, I know it. I know it in my bones right now. It hurts to see that, to see that number. What is like, I'm thinking about the construction industry and I'm, I'm thinking about buddies of mine that are, are, are in this business and they have, they have cash spurts, not necessarily cash flow. Right. And that's kind of a, one of those struggles in, in that business. Uh, and for them to be able to, to visually see what that number would be that they're living on the table, that would, that would, I think, open a lot of eyes. What are some of the main problems in that construction business that forces them to leave that kind of money on the table? Uh, basically, it's the lack of good business skills, just like my dad said, you know, and, and, and you know, when my father told it to me, um, you know, most uh, they got great construction skills, but you make your money with your business skills. I, I said, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? And he very simply put it, you could be the best finished carpenter in the world, the best roofer in the world, whatever you want. But if you don't charge the right price, if you don't manage your business and manage your financial affairs, you're never going to make any money. Mm. You're going to be stuck right there for the rest of your life. That's where that's just. And, and I'll tell you, there's enough people out there that I know. That's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've had guys 65 years old call me up and say, well, you know, sometimes I make a lot of money. Sometimes I make no money. OK, so, you know. You, you fall right into the same basket as, as those people where they they don't build a business. They build a job to go to and get a paycheck. That's it. And you'll never make money earning a paycheck. You'll never have. I, I like to tell people you'll never build wealth with a paycheck. <clears throat> you won't, you know, and you got to make that paycheck. And, and on top of that, you've got to make profit, which now you've got a chunk of money that you can decide what you want to do with. And I used to love that. I mean, that's what I did. I took a reasonable salary from myself and my business. And at the end of the year, when everything was done, I got this huge bonus. Well, but then, and then that's the cool thing about having a business, right? Now, now you're looking at that huge bonus, especially we're now in, well, right about to be in December, which means you start to look at the end of the year. And this is where you start to really think about what's this bonus for? Cause you could easily, you know, take it and go to Tahiti or something, go on vacation or whatever. But knowing you, you're, uh, you're, you're mentoring these guys to build a business when they have that nest egg, it usually becomes an investment into their business. Um, construction workers are oddly alike. Uh, where do they? Where do the? Where do you think they tend to place a lot of this nest egg once they once they understand they give themselves that reasonable salary? They actually have a profit built in. What are some of the things that that contractors spend their profits on so that they can actually exit? Well, um, unfortunately, they they spend their money on the wrong things. Tools okay. and trucks. <laughs> uh, 
I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. I know he won't mind it because we talk about it all the time, but I have my, I had a client out of the Fort Myers area named Rob O'Neill, O'Neill Industries. And uh, I moved him right along. Uh, he was doing, you know, maybe two or 300,000 a year, but he was out there doing the hammering in himself mm. and he hurt his back. He had it fused and the doctor says, forget it. You can't be that. You know, this kid was a young kid. He was in his twenties when he came to me, he's about 32 right now. And uh, he came to me and he said, uh, I I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my house. Uh, you know, I, I, I said, no, don't worry about it. If you can hold off for a while, we'll work. And he did. He jumped into the program. And um, he he was uh, one of the best clients, students I had. I mean, he really dove into it. And I think it's because his back was up against the wall. He knows this. He's done. He's smoked, you know. So he really threw himself into it. And after about two or three years, uh, we were doing, he was doing pretty good. Um, I, I say we only because I get so close with them. I become their confidant, their friend and everything else. But um, he got his first big uh, bonus. And uh, he said to me, he said, hey, Henry, he says, uh, I'm going to go buy one of those big four wheel diesel pickup trucks. <laughs> I said, the heck you are. You are not buying one of those. And he said, what do you mean? And this is part of the agreement that I have with my clients. If I say no, it's no. All right. And if you can't handle that, don't come to work for me. But I am looking out for your best interest. That's do it. Or do not. There is no try. Exactly, Yoda. Lay it out there. Lay it out there. Tell them this is it. Yeah. And um he said to me, why? And I said, well, let's talk about your competitors. You know your competitors because I told you, you have to know your competitors. I said, they all drive those big trucks? Yeah, that's why I want one. I said, so you want to look just like them? Think about that for one oh, moment. A little bit of humble pie there. And he said, well, no, not really. I think I'm more professional. I said, and you are. You are a professional. And I branded him as a luxury remodeler. And it took off. He does a lot of work in the Naples area. And he uh, he listened to me. And I said, you still got that, um, I don't know how you say it, Scion, Scion? Yeah, Scion. Scion, all right, okay. And um, he said, yeah. I said, it's white, if I remember correctly. Yep. He said, yeah. I said, let's get it wrapped, the whole thing, okay? Uh, have them design it. We'll take a look at it. We'll change things. And that's what he did. Uh, he went and he got it wrapped and the business just catapulted right up. You know, people were seeing him driving down the street and following him. Hey, you know, you were a luxury remodeler. I've got, uh, I just bought this million dollar condo. I want a new kitchen, a new bathroom. In. And uh, here he is 32 years old. Uh, he's doing very well for himself. Uh, he's doing about 5 million in sales and uh, he's, he's really crushing it. And anybody, now here's the best part. And I, we always joke about this. He never graduated from high school, okay? <laughs> but he got in trouble and they wouldn't let him graduate. So, I mean, that's the real story. But anyways, um, he just put his head into it. And my Lord, that kid knows his numbers better than anybody else, you know? And that's the thing, though. I, I And I, I it's funny because the students that I have in my class are not the best high school students. There's a reason why they're in my class, right? There's the, the they didn't do so hot. However, 
it doesn't matter what the school system says when a human decides that they want to learn something there is nothing you can do to stop that person from learning. They're going to immerse themselves. Just like we talked about earlier where you went and started working and learning, there was nothing that was going to get in your way from learning. Now, there's things that might stop the velocity in the speed of which you learn things, but you are going to learn that stuff. And I think, you know, when you talk about your, your client here back against the wall, he's got to do something. He's got to make a change. He, there was nothing that was going to get in his way. He was going to go into your program. He was going to learn everything he possibly can. He's going to go into his business, learn everything he possibly can. He went from making 200 grand a year to 5 million a year, right? I mean, that's a huge jump, but those are the results regardless of your education level. It does mean you need to continue your education, but it doesn't mean you needed that formal one to, to make something happen. Man, that's by the way, that's a great uh, case study there for you to to take somebody from two hundred thousand to five million a year. That's super impressive. Tell me a little bit more. If people are interested in finding out, they're contractors, they're ready to take that next step. What's that process like? How do we reach out to you? Okay, the process is uh, you go to www.contractorscoaching.com and check on the mentoring. And uh, you'll read down and there's a button that you push and that will schedule a call with me. All right. So Tuesday is my call day. Um, I don't talk to a lot of people. I mean, I had calls today. I spoke to both of them. Um, but, you know, those, that's the day I'm willing to sit down and talk to anybody about the problem in their business and explain it to them. You know, I don't I'm not a pushy salesperson. I look at it this way. If I have to push you, you're probably not the right client for me, you know, because I love my clients. They're the best in the construction business. I'll tell you right now, they are, they are just awesome people. And they're, they, they go from uh, telecommunications to remodelers, to roofers, to electricians, to, I mean, you name it. And uh, they're great people. And, and I, I, that we're like a family and, you know, we get along very well and, but I'm not afraid uh, to tell them when you ain't going to do that. No, that's the wrong move, you know? Um, and they all, I've had so many of them tell me one of the things they love about me is they know for a fact, I've got their best interests at heart. You know, I, I wouldn't go down that road. Come on, we're going to go down this road. This is the right road to go down. Um, and it takes a while to master the skill of the business model. So they're usually with me uh, four to six years before they break off on their own. Okay. Although I do have two Clients have been with me for 20 years, and it's a different type of relationship. I'm, they like to think of me as the chairman of their board of directors, and uh, I like to think about it. Yeah, I'm the chairman. If you want to do anything, I need to see the numbers. I need to see the facts, how this is going to help, you know, how it's going to help your business. And uh, we, we've got a great relationship, you know. One is closing in on $100 million a year, and the other one is closing in on $15, 18000000 million a year. You know, it's something you said kind of subtly, it, it caught my attention. You're like, Tuesdays is the day that I make my phone calls. Uh, mm -hmm. And this is one of those things that I've learned that a lot of business owners do not do. They don't take control of their time. When I first started the podcast, I was super flexible on what time you could have as a start time. And it, it, it made me scheduling the rest of my life damn near impossible until we made some changes. Uh, my brother is literally in the room i'm at his place doing the show right now and he's playing video games 
because why he structured his business where he can do certain things. And there's days where he does calls and there's times where he does certain things. And the rest of that time, don't matter what you do with it. It's your time. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's something that professionals have to learn over time. When we bring on a new insurance client, we're like, look, this is our criteria. And he's like, look, I'm not talking to anybody unless they do X, Y, and Z. And at that point, that's when you have the conversation. Cause at the same time, like you're describing, if you're not willing to do those things, we're probably not a match. And yeah. that's a hard thing for, especially in, in the, in the trades, Sometimes some clients are not a good match, even though I know you're itching for that next paycheck and you're trying to secure that job. The headache might be just so tremendous. It's not totally worth it. Uh, I want to, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, and before we head out, what do you think about that time blocking and, and setting up your, your schedule? I mean, you've been out of the actual doing the work for quite some time when you transitioned over to on the coaching, mentoring, kind of doing your own thing. How does that time blocking work for you? Well, it, it, it was pretty much how I ran my construction business. Um, I did not return telephone calls until after three o'clock in the afternoon. All right. Um, and so I blocked out all those calls so I could get my work done. And during the nice weather, I used to take Fridays off. No one knew where I was. Only my uh, personal secretary, she knew where I was in case there's something went wrong and she'd get a hold of me. But um, I had to block that time off. I, other than that, if I worked from, uh, I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, go to the gym, 4.30, uh, take a shower and either be on a job at six or be in the office at six. And I stayed there sometimes to 10 o'clock at night. I got my work done. Um, you know, when you didn't work, uh, we had, I had over a hundred employees out in the field. I worked from the Canadian border all the way down to Puerto Rico, did a lot of government work for the Navy, uh, Coast Guard and so forth. So, um, you know, it, it, there's, you got to put the time in when the time is needed. That's what you got to do. But somewhere along the line, you got to be able to take time off, whether it be go on a vacation, spend time with your wife or do something that you find really takes the edge off okay yeah, absolutely you need a little you time every once in a while henry yep. thank you very much for coming on the show uh last last little thing is there any final thoughts or any last minute things you wanted to get off your chest and share with the audience no i really enjoyed uh, talking to everyone here and i hope that they got something out of it and if you do have a contractor friend that you know needs help you know because you're seeing it give them my name have them contact me Okay. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Construction people, you know what's up. I know you're probably listening to podcasts, running your crew while you're driving, in line, at Home Depot, wherever it is. And if you're sitting there thinking, man, what am I doing this for? You need to figure out a way out. And so you want to want to reach out to Henry. His website, by the way, was uh, scrolling across the bottom. But in case you're only listening, it's contractorcoaching.com, contractorcoaching.com. Stop by there, schedule a call. He'll hit you back up on Tuesdays. But uh, from there, you can figure out what the next steps are. If this is an exit strategy that you're looking for, you never know until you actually reach out for help. Sometimes you need help picking up those two by fours. This time you might need help getting your business in line. So make sure you guys stop by coaching for contractors uh, is his Facebook and of course, co uh, contractcoaching.com. Henry, thank you very much for being on the show today. Ladies. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. 
podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand we'll trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.